Good morning and welcome to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickison. You've got Alyssa Young. And I was just testing to see if you were warm up, warmed up enough to actually speak this morning. <laughs> I guess I thawed already. I, I thawed that you were warmed up. <laughs> ah, good one. Yeah, it wasn't that good. Sadly, sadly, not that good. Welcome to More Than Money. If you're a loyal listener, you know exactly how this works. Momentarily, we'll give you three different ways that you can join our show. Uh, You can connect with uh, both Gene and Alyssa. Have the benefit of two financial advisors' minds bringing you the best that we have to offer this morning. Two heads are better than one. That's what they say. <laughs> I don't know. When, when two or more are joined together, it's it's in the book somewhere. That's right. I read that once. <laughs> nah, Michael explained it to me. I was going to say Michael <clears throat> says that a lot. Michael, well, absolutely, mm-hmm. and it's and it's very important. Folks who say, mm-hmm. you know, I I believe I just don't need to go to church. Really? Whoa. Okay, you're missing a piece, big piece, big. Uh, really big piece, and. Uh, if you really believe, then <clears throat> you already know that's wrong. Anyway, <laughs> uh, if you would like to join us, we cover lots of topics. You want to give folks just kind of a short list of some of the topics we cover? Sure. We talk about retirement planning. We talk about um, investment options. We talk about estate planning, mm-hmm. wills and trusts. And um, we talk about what to do or what your options are when you inherit something. Uh, we talk about ins- life insurance, long-term care planning, Social Security, Medicare, uh, need annuities, reverse right. mortgages. Long-term care insurance, life insurance. Gosh, is there anything we don't talk we about? We don't talk about <clears throat> puppies enough. Well, that <laughs> puppies and kittens, there's... There, there are no shortages of reasons to talk about puppies and kittens. I'm with you 100. No, no worries there. Um, chilly this morning. Gosh, mm, single digits. We were minus. Yeah, mm. we were minus two when I got up early at 5 a.m. I was minus two. I, I didn't look at the temperature until I got in my car and it said four degrees when I pulled out of my driveway. And then by the time I got here, it said 10. So it more than doubled. Jeez. <laughs> oh, You're like bringing a heat wave uh-huh, with you. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was, things were heating up on the way here. Very nice. Uh, crazy week in the market. Huh? Oh. Crazy three weeks. Um, the NASDAQ is off to its worst start since 2008. Uh, ouch. Ouch. Yeah. And it's been it's been rough um, to, to watch some of these days where, you know, things are, are looking good, you know, for part of the day. It's like, it's green. Okay, we have a rally. And then by the end of the day, we end... In negative territory again, uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, definitely disappointing. <laughs> and for folks who are saying, "I wonder why all this is happening," do you have a do you have theories? Do you have working uh, hypotheses? Well, I guess a, a couple of major factors. One is um, earn, some earnings reports haven't been stellar. Um, but that's mixed. Earnings reports have been mixed, and some of the big ones are still yet to announce in the coming weeks. So some reaction to that, it seemed like the Netflix um, earnings really took a big hit on technology overall. At least that's what it seems like when you watch, you know, watching the news, you have to 
realize that a lot of that is, you know, not necessarily cause and effect, but the way they talked about it is... Poo-poo caca. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was one of the things. But I think a lot of it is anticipation of what the Fed's going to do with, with rates. Um, that seems to be a big a big focus and, and having some effect. What do you think? Well, I agree with you um, as, on on both those points. I think those are very important. I think inflation has a lot of folks concerned for the future of corporate earnings. Mm-hmm. There's a, um, at least a theory that says that stock markets are actually priced where investors think the stock market will be in six to nine months. Well, if they think that in six to nine months, uh, the Joe Biden driven energy increase of what, 60% in a year is going to start to negatively impact the corporate earnings on hmm, just about every corporation in America, uh, certainly travel industry in, in any way, shape, or form, airlines in any way, shape, or form, every distribution company, which is basically every company in America now, they're all based on the distribution side, uh, are in similar circumstances. Uh, and the hit to the bottom line was largely masked last year because we were coming out of a very negative uh, 2020 2021 had a nice gain, mm-hmm. not surprisingly, if you're coming off of a negative number, even if you go back to quote unquote normal, it's a very nice gain. Now we're kind of back to normal. Where's the gain going to come? Question is, we're not really sure about that. Um, Washington, D.C. seems to be huh, Washington, D.C. Um, actually, maybe that's all I needed to say. It, it's Washington, D.C., yeah, um, you had the um, S&P 500 was down 5.7% this week. Mm. Um, and there's some news, you know, coming, I guess, in the week ahead. Fourth quarter GDP, personal consumption, expenditures, data, that kind of stuff. So All those numbers are likely to be good. The fourth quarter was a reasonable quarter, not a great quarter, but a reasonable quarter. The real interesting numbers come out of the end of last year was the inflationary numbers. Yeah. 40-year highs. It hasn't been this high since before Alyssa's mom gave birth. <laughs> <clears throat> Pretty substantial. Uh, yeah. um, Washington, D.C. puts the D.C. in dysfunction. <laughs> and I just made that up, and uh. I really like that. I'm going to end up using that. Uh, Washington, D.C. puts the D.C. in dysfunction. So uh, much dysfunction at the IRS that in addition to making uh, my life, my personal life, (laughs) my personal life absolutely miserable because every day I've got to hear my wife say, I was on hold with the IRS for uh, an hour and 80 minutes. I was on hold with the IRS for three and a half I was on hold for two weeks and nine days. I was on hold. And the reality is, according to IRS numbers, they are answering less than 3% of the calls. Yes. I uh, I printed out this article last night before I left the office. The headline is, this tax season could be, quote, potentially worse than last year's disaster, <sighs> IRS watchdog warns. <laughs> uh-huh. 
It says that the unprecedented processing and refund delays taxpayers experienced in 2021 could be as bad and potentially worse in 2022. The IRS is still eight and a half million tax returns behind. Yeah. Some tax returns going back two years, they haven't processed. And when Diane or anyone on her team is fortunate enough to get the IRS on the phone, their answer basically is go pound sand. Um, Our client sent you the check that was due 18 months ago, and we have the return receipt in hand. Uh, Yeah, we don't really care. Yeah, we're still going to hit them for penalties and interest because we haven't opened our mail mm-hmm. in 18 months. And they're expecting more than 160 million returns to be filed this year. Individual just, returns. Not not just out of our office. <laughs> it might feel like it, but Ooh. no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it has gotten so bad that there were a there's a coalition of 11 different CPA and tax professional groups that have petitioned the IRS to discontinue collections and compliance actions until they hit they, they resolve the backlog. Hmm. Most of these compliance issues are, uh, dear Alyssa, uh, this is a letter being generated by the IRS computer. The IRS computer noted that you uh, owe several hundred thousand dollars, so please just send us a check. Well, you lose your mind. Mm -hmm. That's not true. But the computer generated the letter Mm. automatically. It didn't require a human being to review it. It didn't require a human being. Um, Well, I was going to go way out on a limb. It didn't require a human being working with the IRS with a brain. Okay, that... That, that probably wasn't well received anywhere um, to say, well, this makes no sense based on her income, based on her, her file. This, this is, this is egregiously wrong. Nope. Just goes out. And now it's on you to get them off your back. They never go away, even though it's their fault. It's their, their problem, their mistake that started the whole problem. What a mess. It's, it's it's such a waste of resources and time and energy. Um, this article was talking about how the the way that the child crack I can talk child tax credits were done, uh, you know, in advance um, this year, and the whole the, the these filters that they have for whether or not you should have actually gotten that amount, and um, it's just going to make things pretty messy this year and it's saying how you might need a professional more than ever uh, along with whether or not you got the third stimulus check so just a lot of complications on top of what's already always a long and messy process long and messy process that was a beatles tune i think from the abbey road album i think for real long and messy process oh, exactly that's great, where's guys? gunther when i need a singer uh okay this gentleman decided he was going to jump the line. 
Oh. Sent the email 7.23 this morning. <laughs> Good for him. Very nice. Very nice. We'll do this one first. Got a fast uh, My apologies. 610-720-7900. I promised you I would tell you how you could reach us. And then I didn't. We just started talking about about cold news. being cold. You know, mm-hmm. market news and all that. Good market stuff. news, the IRS news, but most importantly, we want to serve you. We want to provide you with good news. With we want to give you the gospel of good news <laughs> on your financial world. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Send your emails to Alyssa A L Y S S A at askmtm.com. And if you are so inclined, you can use the same basic idea to send it to me, gene, G-E-N-E, at askmtm.com. And for so many of you who listen to us through the miracles of iHeartMedia, you are further afield, or perhaps you've heard of the show, found us on the web, or you've been recommended to us by friends and family, morethanmoneyonline.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. I got it covered. All right. Uh, Dear Gene, thanks for all you do to educate us in the world of finance. You're very, very welcome. It's much appreciated. On the recommendation of my financial advisor, I've been taking a distribution from my annuity for the last couple of years. I'm scheduled to continue that for a total of 10 years. My advisor, my advisor told me taking the enhanced appreciation value which is significantly more than normal value is the only way I would actually realize the higher number. Here's my problem. Even though Allianz sends me a check each year for $60,000 plus or minus, I've been turning that check over for investment into my IRA. My advisor also runs my IRA uh, immediately within days. So have not actually cashed in those checks. The IRS has been sending me bills saying that this is income and I haven't been paying income tax on those distributions to the tune of $20,000 plus. Ooh. My tax professional has been sending the IRS letters saying this is not an actual distribution because the money has been immediately rolled to the IRA. I know the IRS is running behind. Ooh, this is like he knew what we were going to talk about. <laughs> How spooky is that? He sent this over an hour before we started. Ooh. Wow. Guy's psychic. Not psychotic. Psychotic? Psychic. Eh, Don't call our, our listeners psychotic. We can call mm-hmm. ourselves psychotic. And and they can certainly call us psychotic. Yes. <laughs> uh, I know the IRS is running behind, but they are still sending a letter saying I owe this tax plus penalty for a couple of years now. My advisor and tax pros say not to worry uh, because of the money being put immediately into an IRA. Wondering what you think. I'm nervous. Hmm. Okay, um, I, I don't, there's at least one question that I would need to have answered before I would know whether or not uh, I would be nervous. He's taking distributions from his annuity over a 10-year basis, and he's putting those distributions into an IRA. Right. Does that cause you some concern? Can he be contributing to an IRA if he's not? Yeah, it's not a, in this case, I would, my answer to that would be, I would argue it is not a contribution. Okay. It's a rollover. Okay. However, rollovers go from what type of an account to what type of an account? Qualified. Qualified to to qualified. qualified. So is, 
are we to make the assumption that his annuity is qualified, is an IRA? And, and if we are to make that assumption, I think he's making that assumption. Uh, then the issue becomes, uh, there is an IRS rule that says you can do non-direct rollovers. Non-direct, meaning he got the check mm-hmm. and then he puts it into the IRA one time per year. Mm-hmm. And if his advisor has not paid very close attention and he's done it at some point twice in one year, it's going to be taxable. The advisor, there's two issues. In this email, the, the, um, our listener identifies the company. It is a company that is well-recognized. You will know the name, 90% of you. Lots of you have, at some point or another, had investments with the company. And I have, to the largest extent that I could, avoided using this company for decades. Because as this advisor has said to his client or her client, basically the only way to get your real money out of this type of contract is to annuitize, take it over time. This company is famous, famous for... uh, keeping two sets of books on their annuities. One is what, what the annuity's actually done. And the other is, but if you stay with us and annuitize, you're going to get a lot more. And in this case, the advisor has said, if you got to take it out over 10 years to get a lot more, 10 more years of the company hanging on to your money. So in essence, they've sucked you in. And just when you think you're getting out, they pull you back in. That's from something that Mark and Greg, they would know what that's from. It's some movie. I think it's a Marvel something. Um, so let's assume for a moment that this is not a total train wreck, that it is an IRA annuity, that the money can be rolled over, that the, um, that was the client's intent. Why would the advisor not do a direct rollover? Why would they... Why would the advisor allow this annuity company, which is a pain in the butt anyway, to issue a check instead of just going direct to the new IRA? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would do it directly. Yeah, of course. So um, at this point, the tax professionals are saying, eh, I think you're going to be okay. I'm, I'm hopeful that we can believe them. Mm-hmm. I would be concerned about the counsel I'm getting from the advisor. Yeah. That's where my concern would be. And I would be concerned if the tax professionals are not aware of precisely the date. It's a 365 day window. And if they went 360 days on one, that distribution is disallowed Mm -hmm. and and is taxable. Mm -hmm. It's taxable. Yeah. Wow, painful. Uh, interesting, though. Very, very interesting. Um, cool. 610-720-7900. Gene at AskMTM.com. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. I don't know why I yodeled on Alyssa. It's a lovely name. <laughs> Thanks. Alyssa. Um, uh, MoreThanMoneyOnline.com. Yeah, you have an email for me? Sure. This is a fun one. 
This email says, comment. I disagree with the advice you gave on the show that was aired January 15th. I think she's talking about a TV, the TV show. Um, yep, this is a PBS show. So it says that advice was to an email write-in. A woman asked about asking for a raise after receiving the pay, same pay rate for four years. Granted, there were details no one but her were aware of. People should be encouraged to speak up for themselves. She should have been encouraged to ask for what she believes in rather than put down and told to accept what she was given. Very disappointed in the advice this woman was given. Normally, I do enjoy watching your show. Is this a faith-based show? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Gene, is this a faith-based show? (laughs) Faith-based, I think that would be a stretch. Uh, I'm certainly a man of faith, I'm certain that, that that shines through on occasion. I don't get the sense from the wording uh, that that woman was using faith-based as a compliment. I think she was using it as a jab. Um, and if you want to take a jab at faith or faith-based, knock yourself out. Bring it on. Come on. I'll, I'll be very, very comfortable where I'm coming from. So, uh, for those of you who have not seen that particular PBS 39 show, by the way, they're all on our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. So, if you want to review some of um, the mistakes, I mean, some of the answers I've given, uh, you can certainly do that and uh, check out some of our interviews. I think you'll really enjoy it. Go to the media menu and then choose TV show archive. Wow, it's almost like you know the website really well. A little, I know. I'm we'll somewhat familiar that. with it. So uh, this woman's, uh, the initial email question was, uh, the woman who was asking the question had a job being employed by her friend. Mm-hmm. It was a remote uh, working situation. She worked from home. In a different lo- like region. Like almost states and states away. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so pick a number. She's a thousand miles away. She's working remotely. Um, and, and by her own admission in the email being paid easily 20% more than she could possibly make anywhere else where she lived, Mm -hmm. working at home with her family, taking care of her kids, tremendous flexibility, wonderful working arrangement. I, I mean, she went on and on and on about what a wonderful situation this is, except the friend, the employer is worth millions and gave her other employees raises and she hasn't gotten a raise. So she asked, should she make a stink and threaten to leave and, and all that kind of good stuff. And, and I said, um, what's, um, the technical, Oh yeah. I said, hell no. (laughs) Uh, there are situations where you need to be, um, Grateful. grateful, yeah. Have just have gratitude. Your friend has given you a job where, that she could easily have filled in her where she lives, a thousand miles away, um, and 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 pay the same amount, and have somebody right at hand, but has given you this wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Now, this woman's uh, complaint mm-hmm. uh, smacks of victimhood. People should be encouraged. <gasps> To express themselves. No, they shouldn't. No, they should be encouraged to think before they speak. 
something that has been lost in our world. They should be encouraged to think rationally, get good counsel before they speak. Don't listen to your Facebook friends going, hey, your friend's kind of screwing you over. You ought to like really hold her up because she's worth millions. How about listening to somebody who actually knows what the hell's going on and say, in the grand scheme of your life, you have been given a gift. So the fact that she was advised by yours truly to not ask for what she believes in, there are, hmm, I don't know, 60% of the world now that are just so committed to whatever they believe in, no matter how wrong it may be, no matter how irrational it may be, and their defense is, if I believe it, it's my truth. Well, then take your truth, roll it up really, really tightly, and give it a pop, because there's a world out here that doesn't really care what you think is the truth. They care what the truth really is. It's a sense of entitlement. Well, and this email... When I read it, I went, this is kind of fun. Now, I answered it very politely. Yes, you did. And I have heard nothing back. Mm, Not surprised. Nothing back. Not surprised either. 610-720-7900. I was going to say voice of an angel, and I often do. And then I thought of Meatloaf, and we lost him. He was a real character, both in music and in the world. In the world. And... uh, Gosh, um, he'll be missed. He'll be missed. His music certainly will live on. What a legacy. Hmm. Um, 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A at AskMTM.com. MoreThanMoneyOnline.com. Your calls, your emails, your questions. After this on More Than Money. Keep on giving. with the red roses. Will he offer me his mouth? Yes. Will he offer me his teeth? Yes. Will he offer me his jaws? Yes. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. Again? Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. And will he starve without me? Yes. And does he love me? Yes. Yes. On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. I bet you uh, say that to all the boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that was meatloaf. That was meatloaf. If I remember correctly, at one point, if, if not currently, he holds the record, forgive the unintended pun, for the most albums sold with the least amount of releases. I think he, he only released two albums. I may, have, I may be off by one. But the first two sold more albums than anybody with all their other albums. Oh, wow. I mean, it was just, just a crazy number with a very... And, and I think the gap between his first and second was like nine years or some crazy number. Mm-hmm. I have lots of 
friends out there that will Google all this stuff. They'll yeah. send us <laughs> send us the email, Alyssa at askmtm dot uh, com. Um, interestingly enough, we got some email response to my email response to the email response that I gave on the email response. <laughs> and uh, for those of you that uh, um, are um, insightful, intelligent, and uh, and uh, self-aware, I appreciate your support. And for the rest of you, <laughs> I'm sure life has its challenges. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's so much fun. Uh, why are we being binged? Being binged? Uh, on the on the texting side? Why are, are we being... Oh, whoa, no. Oh, look at that. Yeah. I'll put it around. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much. We're getting... that. That's... We're getting all kinds of feedback this yes, morning we are. on that's... our mobile devices. And, uh, <laughs> and Lord knows we need as much feedback <laughs> as we can get. And the feedback from you is the best. 610-720-7900. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. If your fingers are warm enough to dial a phone, actually, people, I guess. Okay, um, Alyssa at askmtm.com, Gene at askmtm.com, more than money online.com. What do you have there, young lady? Uh, would you like me to read this email or shall oh, I talk my about apologies. our event coming? Oh, please start. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about this, I guess, the last two weeks, but um, I want to keep plugging it in case you have missed it. Uh, we are hosting our second Invest in You event uh, in a couple weeks. Invest in You is a series that we started last year, at the end of last year, um, social events for ladies in the Lehigh Valley. So I'm um, just trying to get together to do things, um, spend time together, do something good for the community if you recall, our December event was um, packing shoeboxes for holiday hope chests, and we had dinner. We had a great turnout, and we packed uh, more than 50 shoeboxes of gifts. So our quarter one 2022 event is something a little different. On February 10th, it's a Thursday, at 6 o'clock, we're inviting women to join us at our um, world headquarters in Lower Nazareth Township for chocolate, wine, and valentines. What more do I need to say? If you like chocolate, if you like wine, if you like them together, uh, you don't want to miss this. Um, what it is is actually a tasting event where we will have five kinds of wine and five chocolate treats, and we're going to pair them and learn about those pairings. It's it's an event that the Chambers of Commerce are putting on, the Nazareth and Bath Area Chambers of Commerce, and they're doing it as a to-go chocolate and wine pairing. So we're hooking up with that, and we're taking those pairings to-go and taking them to our office and then doing something together. Um, there's going to be a little Zoom that they do, and it's going to tell us about the pairings. And just um, last week, we found out where these treats are coming from. I should actually... Pull that up so I can tell you because I thought it was just going to be chocolate like candy. Hershey bars. Yeah, like dark chocolate, milk chocolate, whatever. Um, but then it turns out that the um, actual chocolate treats are, they sound like they're going to be more like desserts because they're coming from restaurants. and Like? Um, so Wait, you're still looking for I, it? Yeah, so for some reason my page isn't loading, but I do know um, some of them off the top of my head. So I'll it's start. early in the morning. You shouldn't be getting loaded. <laughs> okay. Um, so the chocolate treats are coming from um, Birthright Brewing Company in Nazareth, Ooh. Um, Maddie Strudel House <sighs> in Bath, oh. My Place Pizza Restaurant, which is outside of Bath, 
Nazo Nut, which is the donut shop on um, 191 in um, Upper Nazareth Township. Are they good? Nazo Nut? Yes, they're Ooh. great. They do some neat things, some unique donuts. And um, sweet and savories. So that's, yeah, one, two, three, four, five. So those are the five providers of the chocolate treats. And then the wine is coming from Black River Farms Vineyard and Winery, which I've never tried. So I'm really excited. It sounds delicious. Where, where is the fruit coming from? You said there's going to be pears. Oh, P-A-I-R. Oh, yeah. oh, that's not the same thing at all. No. <laughs> Never mind him. So <laughs> so while we're enjoying the chocolate and wine pairings, uh, we're also going to make Valentine's for the residents at Graysdale, which is Northampton County's nursing home. I ordered... Um, valentine's this week and i bought some stickers and i also ordered a coloring book (laughs) and i'll bring markers and pencils and crayons and we'll just have fun making some colorful happy messages that will be uplifting for if folks folks. want to bring valentine's they can bring Valentine's. absolutely yes the more we make the more people we can make smile so if you want to bring some of your own um for us to fill out together uh that would be wonderful have you had an opportunity to visit a patient in Gracedale? Oh, yes. So for those of you who have, you already understand, for those of you who have not yet had that opportunity, a, smiles are hard to come by. So putting a colorful, uh, love-filled message in front of somebody guaranteed mm. that you're going to warm their heart. Mm-hmm. And with any luck at all, bring a smile as well. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. I'm excited. Um, we have a great turnout so far, actually. The last week we had a flurry of RSVPs. That's because of the snow. Flurry. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so I think we have about 16 people as of now. And we have room great. for more. Yes, we do. So, and lots of new, we have a, a nice um, return group, but we also got a whole bunch of new. Um, attendees who are signed up. So I'm um, um, great. No, they're not. Not new people. You're talking about pray. new okay. to invest in new to you. Gotcha. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> um, so fantastic. So RSVP Very on our website. Please. Yep. Go to morethanmoneyonline.com. Click on the link at the top uh, where you'll see chocolate, wine, and Valentine's. And then there's just a simple form. All I need is your name, email, and phone number. And, um, it's $10 is what we're asking for you to contribute toward the cost of the wine and chocolates. Simple. Your name, email, mother's maiden name, and social security. <laughs> First date. Yeah, we don't ask that. No. <laughs> 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. Interesting indeed. Um, Alyssa at askmtm.com. What do you have? Young Here's lady? an email we can answer. Uh, hi, Gene staff. Great, great informational TV. Okay, this is worded a little weird, so just bear with me. The email says, trust? Who qualify for a trust to protect assets? Is trust or family trust only for the wealthy? Wanting to qualifying for Medicaid if needed long-term care? I'm married, 62 years old. I'm on Social Security disability. I have a house. And $100,000 in a 401k. My husband, 67, he was in the hospital for heart failure and is mm. recovering at home at this time. If I qualify, please advise and recommend a professional in um, my county in Pennsylvania. Okay, so this woman is asking, 
really, who needs a trust? What are they for? Who qualifies for one? Is it a good idea if you're trying to qualify for Medicaid if you think you'll need long-term care? Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, what makes this question as poorly mm-hmm. written as it was uh, valuable, and I think it is valuable. Yes, it is. Is that there are uh, tremendous misunderstandings about trust mm-hmm. and about um, their their value or their use or their u- utility um, versus, well, you got to be um, a multimillionaire to take advantage. Right. So let's be as, as fundamental as we can at first. A trust is, is nothing more than a legal document that establishes a set of rules under which uh, money that's contributed or assets that are contributed are handled. Right. Pretty simple. Yes. Some trusts uh, go into effect um, while the person setting up the trust is alive. Fancy term, inter vivos, which sounds like a, a, a Chardonnay, perhaps. I didn't know you but spoke Latin. I do, I do, I do. Four years. Um a thousand years ago, uh, us during your lifetime. Um, the vast majority of trusts that we see are designed and crafted and intended to go into effect after you have passed away. Those are called testamentary. So think last, this is my last will and testament, <laughs> testamentary. So it doesn't take effect until somebody has, um, Deceased. Right. Trust can be used for any number of very important issues. In this young lady's case, despite the fact she's on social security disability and that her husband is in poor health, they own a home mm-hmm. and they've, she's been able to save a hundred thousand bucks. This is not a small number. So the concern is what, what might she be trying to do with the trust? It sounds like she's trying to protect her assets in case she needs care. Mm-hmm. So the term Medicaid trust is one that's kicked around quite a bit. The theory behind a Medicaid trust is you put your assets into a trust. If it goes long enough between the time you do that and the time you need care, uh, your assets are are no longer yours. They're, they're owned by the trust and then Medicaid will pay for your care. Right. That's, that's the whole idea. Should she do that? Um, it depends. <laughs> good start. No, it's a really good start. If, um, if Keith Stroll happened to be in the office when this email came down the pike, would you choose to answer it or would you hand it to Keith? I would definitely hand it to Keith because uh, he is an estate planning attorney. Uh, and that's, Trusted, yeah, experienced yeah. estate planning attorney. Yeah. These are critically important words. Now, we have the best of all worlds. 
We have trusted, experienced financial advisors. We have trusted, experienced tax advisors. We have a trusted, experienced estate planning attorney. So we don't have to, as many advisors sadly do, we don't have to, um, well, let me look that up in a book. Uh, Let me Google that. Um, The reality is that it depends is the only reasonable answer. And would this woman uh, benefit? Would she and perhaps her husband benefit uh, from the cost of setting up such a trust? The answer is you and I don't know. Right. And, and, and in, in many ways, Keith does not know, but Keith knows how to find out. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, he knows what, what makes sense and what doesn't, but the client is the ultimate arbiter of I want it that that that's going to benefit me or it's not right. Uh, if she knew that it would take fifty thousand dollars, it wouldn't. No. But I'm using that <laughs> as an extreme example. Mm-hmm. Fifty thousand dollars in legal bills to do this, would she do it? Probably not. Probably not. If she knew she could protect everything for five hundred bucks, would she do it? Maybe. But maybe yeah. so. That that makes a good. But. She doesn't know. He doesn't know until he explores her entire situation. Right. There may be other issues, other answers that we don't know about. Um, so uh, who needs a trust? Uh, it could be anybody, anybody out there listening. There's an opportunity where you may need a trust. One um, interesting part of this email was, is a trust only for the wealthy? And I can answer that in one other way that we haven't already covered uh, specifically, um, the answer to that is no, because sometimes the reason for a trust is more about helping and protecting the beneficiaries, right? Mm-hmm. So even if you're leaving behind what you might consider to be a small amount of money, let's just say it's $50,000, right? But you're concerned about who's going to inherit that $50,000 and what they're going to do with it. A trust can solve that problem. So Um, A lot of people who have children or maybe even grandchildren who would become their, you know, primary beneficiaries um, in their will or in a standalone trust, they set up provisions for how the inheritance gets distributed. Mm. So whether or not it's, you know, five million dollars or fifty thousand dollars, if it's important to you that the money is help handled responsibly, for example, um, you could use a trust to accomplish that and it can say, you know, my kids shouldn't get or should only get this much money when they're 25 and then they should get this much when they're 30 and then they should get the rest when they're 35. That's one purpose of a trust. So it's not so much about protecting you. Mm. It's about protecting them. Um, so that that's something to keep in mind, because if that's a concern of yours, um, a trust can help you solve that problem. Very good. And then Very the other good. point about the Medicaid, um, you meant, you touched on this, but um, just to be a little more specific on that, too, there's a five-year look-back period if you move your assets to protect them so that you become qualified for Medicaid. If you do that within five years of needing it, then you, they'll say uh, you're not qualified um, to receive Medicaid for the amount that you moved out mm-hmm. that you protected so um you have to kind of it, it have a crystal ball to know how soon you're going to need your long-term care <laughs> which we don't have just for fun and to dovetail on your very very good advice uh there is a entire group of people 
maybe the majority of the people that we know who should have a trust. Anyone who has children who are not yet of legal age should have a trust. Testamentary trust, when it's in their will, in case they should go before the kids reach the age of majority, somebody's got to be in charge. Right. Goodness. Excellent. Fantastic. Um, Mr. John Elliott, um, is, he, is he still with us? He's oh, yeah. Oh, no, him. he's right there. He's I right there. Um, um, was, oh. was kind enough to remind us of something that I got the alert this week and yes, me hopefully too. did as well. Yes. We have uh, very, very dear friends, people who we are proud to say that we've stood next to since the beginning um, and have hosted both on our radio show and our PBS uh, TV shows a number of times and people who we have tremendous respect for, uh, tremendous appreciation for, tremendous love for. Uh, Shane Burkaw, uh, Sarah Usenoff, uh, Shane's uh, wife, Hannah, um, Shane and Sarah, his cousins, founded Laughing at My Nightmare 10 years ago. 10 years ago. It seems absolutely impossible that it's been that long. Uh, I've watched uh, Shane go from um, basically an irreverent <laughs> um, potty mouth um, to a best-selling author uh, he has uh, literally changed the landscape of disability in America. He has changed the mindset of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, um, with, with just an extraordinary life. Um, the duo of Shane Burkaw with his... Uh, Acerbic, look it up, it's a good word, acerbic uh, wit. And Sarah, with her pure heart, she is the poster child for heart, for compassion, for love. Hmm. You put those two together, they, they, they couldn't be more different uh, physically uh, Shane, <laughs> what a guy, um, Sarah tall and gorgeous, um, Shane rolling everywhere he goes, Sarah running everywhere she goes. Um, but they share a common compassion. They express it very differently, but what a combination, what a partnership they have formed. Uh, and as Shane has married and Hannah has become part of that as well, their YouTube video, uh, Squirmy and Grubs, their, their series, unbelievable, just unbelievable. And he's uh, written three books that were uh, uh, simply breathtaking, uh, in, not just in their uh, scope, but in the sheer talent that this young man has. His um, first, pretty irreverent, his second children's book, not so different. Fantastic. One of the best I've ever seen in any genre. Am I allowed to use the word genre? Yeah. Okay, good. I thought Can the you F spell it? FCC. Jean. It's French, so it's J E A N. Or it could be 
G-E-N-R-E. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, uh, and and uh, gosh, the impact that they've had on so many lives. Um, we couldn't be more proud of them. We couldn't love them more. Uh, we 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 uh, we walk alongside both of them. Uh, and all we run. Of them. And and yes, indeed, we we did sweat this year as we helped on their uh, virtual 5K. Yeah. But uh, congratulations to Shane and Sarah, and uh, and of course Hannah, and and Shane, Sarah, Hannah, and their extended families. And their extended families for all of you uh, who are Lehigh Valley residents, or if you've heard us interview these wonderful young people on our shows in the past, you already know that they have deep ties um, in in the Lehigh Valley in as uh, not not just direct family ties, but at Moravian College and and far beyond. And these folks have been supported by their families. Uh, so proudly and and so enthusiastically and why the hell not they're amazing they they have a goal um for this year this milestone year to provide another one hundred thousand dollars in adaptive equipment to people living with muscular dystrophy and eighty thousand dollars in assistive technology to people living with any disability so to try to accomplish their fundraising goals this year, they are um, inviting people to set up a $10 recurring monthly donation for the year um, so that they can, you know, start to, you know, kick off that fundraising effort. And um, they said in exchange for um, or the first 10 donors who do that will actually get a discount on the uh, virtual 5K for this year. <laughs> nice. But, um, yeah, they have some, some great goals set up and... Um, They've already supplied more than five hundred thousand dollars of in assistance to people across the country since they started. So that's folks. These impressive. were uh, two college kids who, um, recognizing both their differences and their similarities, said, "Hmm, we're just college kids. We we can't do anything. We might as well just play video games." Oh, wait a second. No, they didn't actually say that. They said, you know what? I think we can make a real difference in the lives of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. In my view, if you've read their books or seen the blog or, or watched a YouTube video, millions of people. God bless them. God bless them. Uh, when I say we love them, mm-hmm. we love them. Thanks for reminding us to share that, John. That well done, great. John. Well done. 610-720-7900. Ken, I've got your email. We're going to do that after the top of the hour. Uh, David, I've got your email. That's the voice. Ah, truly the voice of an angel now. As uh, hmm. Meatloaf has joined the rock and roll band up in heaven. It's, that's a uh, that's a concert that I would sign up for, I guess. When you think about it, I already have. Yeah, someday soon. Someday soon. Not too soon. Ah, it's up to him. He'll figure it out. 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. MoreThanMoneyOnline.com. We'll take your calls after this on More Than Money.
Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson, your host, your personal financial advisor, live this Saturday morning. Um, we uh, we remember Meatloaf. We remember hmm. the passing of Meatloaf. Louis Anderson uh, passed the next day as well. Well, folks, that for depending on which part of the entertainment world you're uh, drawn to, of course, uh, music is. Uh, Alyssa doesn't really um, engage in music that, that very much. <laughs> That's not true. It's, <laughs> if it's if if there's music involved, she's interested. Yes. Particularly if there's dancing permitted. That's right. That's, That's my favorite thing to do. That's uh, a great. Well, it's is that more fun for you than uh, than running? Um, more fun, yes. But. I do. I run a lot more than I dance. Well, you don't. Yeah, sadly, I don't have as many opportunities. No, of course not. Um, I tell kids, and they go, "What?" In high school, uh, every football game, home football game, was followed by a dance. Every single one. Oh, that's awesome. So we would have seven, eight, nine dances in the fall, and then you go into the holiday season. So you'd have two or three, four between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, the spring, forget about it. it. Was they were everywhere, and then in my high school, I grew up in the Poconos, um, Pocono Hills. If you've been to the Rockies, you can't call those mountains. Uh, <laughs> um, the Pocono speed bumps um, all <laughs> summer long. Uh, when we were out of school, uh, I think it was Friday nights. The school would host another oh, live man. music. Dance. That's awesome. Oh, it was incredible. We need to start that up. We need to have more dances and not just for kids because that would leave me out and then I would be. Oh, well, you could always be like, hey, a I'm, a, I'm just a chaperone. Could you imagine? I actually told my daughter when she had her winter formal that I wanted to be a chaperone so that I could dance. And she didn't say no. Like she was like, that's fine. She would have been okay with it, but I didn't do it. She was okay uh, last summer dancing. Yeah, eventually she got she had to get warmed up. Uh, uh, there's rumors that there's going to be another dance event. There's rumors. Oh, I'm just saying. I hope that they are true. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Gene at askmtm dot com. Alyssa at askmtm dot com. More than money online dot com. Uh, gentleman writes, last year we did lottery repairs to our home. Are they tax deductible? We put a new roof on, replaced the aluminum siding, new front door, garage door. They are not tax deductible on your 1040. Where they may be tax deductible is if in the future you decide to sell your home and there is a profit the in investments that you've made in these capital improvements will be deducted from the profit that you will declare. So if, for example, you spent $100,000 on your home originally, you've spent $50,000 on a new roof, new siding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and you sell your house for uh, $200,000, the taxable profit is not 200 minus the 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 purchase price 100 it's minus 100 and minus the 50 that you've invested uh sadly well good news bad news the vast majority of Americans will not pay any income tax on the sale of their home anyway 
because you are eligible to uh, exclude up to half a million dollars if you are married uh, in uh, in profit. Mm-hmm. So if you bought it for a hundred, you could sell it for six hundred and still not pay any tax. But if you sold it for six fifty, it's good to have all these receipts uh, just in case. So. Uh, I wish I had better news for you. I wish uh, uh, in every single case when uh, the question is, can we deduct it? And from my standpoint, the answer is, oh, hell yes. And then my wife says, no, you can't. Cut it (laughs) out. Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. (laughs) I just don't like to disappoint people. I like them to be (laughs) happy and and get the answers. Anything that could uh, reduce the liability that might end up going to the IRS. Ew. Ew is right. Ew. Ew. Uh, that's, that's a quote, too. Uh, Greg, will, Greg will tell me. 610-720-7900. We go to line one, and we talk to Jeff. Jeff, good morning. You're on More Than Money. Yeah, almost the same question. Uh, my question is, uh, okay. We're- Uh-oh. Oh, we lost. Is- You're cutting in and out. And, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Go right ahead. Okay, we're selling our farm at the end of this month. Is the regulations and whatnot, uh, being that it was just a farm at, it's, we're not talking a lot of acres. However, we're talking three houses on one piece of property. Uh, do we get the same exemptions, being that uh, it's like a farm at? You're going to get the same exemption, but you're only going to get the exemption on part of the sale. I'm assuming that you lived in one of those three houses. That is correct. Did you rent out the other two? Yes, we did. Okay, so the IRS is going to look at this sale. I'm going to use very simple numbers. I know, Jeff, these are not your numbers, but I think you can file this pretty straightforwardly. If I use $600,000 as the value of the property, and if you bought it for a hundred, we would say, wait a second, uh, it's only a $500,000 profit. It was our home, so we don't have to pay any tax. The IRS would say, pump your brakes. No, you've actually got two pieces here. You've got your residence and you've got your rentals. On the residence, you do get up to a $500,000 exclusion on the rental piece of this property, even though it's not subdivided, probably not subdivided, the rental piece will be treated as a separate transaction. So if it's 100% equal, the value of the land and the home is is 300,000 and the rentals are 300,000, whatever you paid will be split in two pieces. We paid 100,000, so the basis of our home is 50. Uh, we're selling it for 300. We have no tax on that half. The basis on the rentals is 50. We're selling it for 300. We owe capital gains on $250,000. Now, the reality is 50-50 would be pretty unusual. Uh, would not be strange that your home and the land is worth way more. It also would not necessarily be strange if the other two homes and the rental property value of that is higher than your residence. So it's very important that you consult with an experienced uh, real estate appraiser so that you understand exactly kind of what those numbers need to be or 
could be so that when you file your tax return, you're not going to be haunted down the road by the IRS saying, good try, but you owe us a lot of money. And we've already discussed how dysfunctional the IRS is. If we can keep them happy up front, that's what we want to do. Okay, I understand. Uh, Can I ask you a a second question? Oh, please, sure. Okay, Uh, both of our company, my wife and I, both of the companies that we work, Dixie shut down. Uh, She had a 401k in there. Uh, My company, uh, Nestle Water, sold to Blue Triton, and we had to do something with our 401k. Both of our 401ks, we took them out. We're both 61 years old. Uh, We paid uh, federal taxes on it when we pulled it out. Uh, We used it to help my son buy a a very large farm in New York State. Uh, We're still going to end up paying the... Uh, state taxes on that money. Is there any other penalties that you know of other than the federal tax? On the 401k uh, withdrawals? Right. Right. And did you take those out before or after you were 59 and a half? After. We were both 61, uh, 61 when we took that out. Excellent. And you're residents of the state of Pennsylvania? That is correct. Okay. And so it was like I said, we helped our son get a, a large farm up in New York. Yeah, I don't believe that there's any Pennsylvania tax. Uh, Pennsylvania tax is is not assessed typically on 401ks or IRAs unless you're taking them out prior to 59 and a half, which you didn't. Uh, the federal uh, tax, of course, is due, uh, but you were 59 and a half or older, as you were, 61. There's no penalty involved there either. Uh, the fact that you're, you use that to assist your son in the purchase of a farm has no bearing. It has no impact on your income taxes at all. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate your show. Oh, Jeff, thank you. God bless you, and God bless uh, you, you and your wife and your son and his new venture. So we, we wish the very best for all of you. Thank you very much. Have a nice weekend. You Bye. too. 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We talk to Bob. Bob, good morning. You're on More Than Money. Oh, good morning, sir. Um, I also I echo what the uh, previous caller said that, I appreciate your show also. I'm 77 years old, uh, retired uh, Social Security dependent, uh, 10-year loyal listener. (laughs) And um, I, you know, I listen even though I have no money to invest. But uh, I enjoy listening to your callers' intelligent questions and your equally intelligent (laughs) answers. Um, My... I'm calling about something that I think I know the answer to based on what you and Alyssa were talking about regarding IRS's inability to um, take care of people's tax returns. And um, I would not have even been alerted to this except for having received a letter from the White House and uh, signed by uh, Sleepy Joe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, this notice date was dated May 6, 2021. And it's about a $600 direct payment from December, he refers to in the letter, uh, which brings the total relief payment 
up to $2,000, he, he says. And I remember the $2,000 when President Trump was still in office, um, but I never received that $600. And it was Joe Biden's letter that alerted me to, hey, Rich, Bob, you you didn't receive that. So I called the IRS and they told me to fill out an amended tax return, which I did. And I've spoken to Agent 327637 <laughs> and Agent 348194 and Agent uh, 345142 and Agent three zero six seven zero one. I mean, it just goes on. Mm. Um, and here's a here's one of the questions I have. In filling out my tax return for two thousand twenty one, um, which is going to be soon, um, do we have to claim the direct payments, the relief payments that they gave everybody? I mean, all my neighbors and my my distant family members, uh, friends received the $600, but I didn't. Um, are we supposed to include those payments with you, our tax returns? In my world, you don't claim income you did not receive. If I were you, I would be very uh, diligent about working with my bank since uh, the vast majority of these were direct deposit to confirm yes. with, without any shadow of a doubt that you did not. Now, Alyssa yeah. wishes to make a comment. Alyssa? Yeah, this article that I was referencing earlier in the show says that if you didn't get a check, you're supposed to um, claim on your return a recovery rebate credit. Okay. So look for that if you can confirm, like Gene said, that you did not receive it. Um, there should be something on your return to note that recovery rebate credit. Fantastic. Yeah, I have I have all my I've saved I file all my um, direct deposit uh, to okay. my bank. So. It's possible you were one of the people who got that debit card format and it was in a plain envelope that looked like junk mail and you threw it away. Oh no! I almost threw my first one away because it was not marked well at all, and I'm lucky that I opened it. But if he threw it away, he didn't receive it's still, it. Right. So it, he'll still receive that's that. That's right. Bob, right. I appreciate the call. We're, we've got other callers online. So Thank we're gonna, you, sir. Oh, Thank no, you. Thank, Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Alyssa. You're welcome. Bye. God Thanks bless you. God bless you. Thanks. 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We talk to David. David, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Can you hear me okay? Perfectly. Go right ahead, sir. Okay, here's my question. Uh, if if I have uh, a checking account and there's two names on the checking account, say mine and a relative of mine, and, you know, we both can make transactions, if one of us should pass away, does the other one have access to all the money in the checking account? Yeah, it, it will likely be, the answer will likely be yes, the vast majority of these kinds of accounts are what's known as joint accounts. And joint accounts, typically, when one of the owners passes away, the surviving owner 
automatically receives the cash. So if, for example, Alyssa and I are in a business, we set up an account, we can both sign, we both have equal rights to the account, and I pass away, it becomes Alyssa's. Um, that's the vast majority of, of the situations that we have seen. If that's not the intent of the person setting up the account, they have to set it up quite differently. They can be set up uh, in, in a different type of, of, they can still have access, but it would be a different type of ownership. But for the vast majority of people with this kind of circumstance, the answer is yes, they will still have access to those funds. Okay, one other question. Actually, I have two if you, if you have the time. Go right ahead, sir. Uh, a, a safety deposit box. It has two names on it. If one of the uh, people passes away, does the other one have full access to it? No. No. At the passing of any owner of a safety deposit box, that deposit box has to be sealed, has to be inventoried. Um, I'm not sure if it's uh, only in the presence of a bank officer or if it has to also be in the presence of an IRS officer. But inventory, having an inventory of the safety deposit box is a requirement. So the, if it's a dual access uh, safety deposit box, somebody's going to get frozen out until they meet the requirements of, uh, of having that, uh, that box inventoried. Okay, but that doesn't happen with checking accounts. No, not necessarily. Okay. All right. Well, that uh, that certainly answers my question. Uh, uh, thank you so much. I very much appreciate it. Uh, you're very kind, sir. Thank you, and, and uh, stay warm, and God bless. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. 610-720-7900. Do, do we want to do that, or? Well, we'll give it. We'll give it a try. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We go to the phones. We talk to Jim. Jim, good morning. Morning, Gene. I have a response to that previous gentleman that called up about the uh, six hundred dollars that he didn't get. Yes, I had the same problem. Okay, but when I investigated it through the bank, they said, "Go check your credit union." And son of a gun, that's where the government sent the money, to my credit union. Oh. Wow. So a different account. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh, very good. Well, Jim, that may very well help solve the problem. We appreciate that very much. God bless. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. Lots of folks have multiple accounts, lots of different institutions. So you're looking for it in one account and find out it's in another account. The IRS messing up account numbers. That's so strange. It would <laughs> be highly unusual. It just wouldn't. They're so usually accurate. All right, I drifted off there. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Yes. I got an email we can answer. Please. This says I use the three thousand dollar deduction from a big loss carryover from two thousand eight. This year I have a one thousand dollar short term gain in my brokerage account. Do I pay the tax on this? Or subtract it from the $3,000 I usually deduct? Subtract. All right. Yep. No, no tax on that until you soak up. And what this individual is referencing is if you have an investment loss, 
in this case, it sounded like it was a long-term loss. I'll paint a scenario. You bought a stock, you paid $100,000, $10 a share for 1,000 shares, and it dropped to a dollar. You lost $90,000. Oh, that's just dreadful. And it is dreadful, but it, there's, there's a little bit of silver lining in that the $90,000 can help you on your tax return in one of two ways. Either you can use the $90,000 to soak up, so to speak, uh, the gains uh, up to a $90,000 gain on an investment profit. Having said that, what if you only have $30,000 of gains? Well, the 30000 is tax-free. That'll save you about 6000 bucks, a little bit of your return on your loss. And that $60,000 it's left is what's referred to as a tax loss carry forward. And it can be used in subsequent years, either to suck up uh, gains, profits, or each year you can use up to $3,000 of that against any other income that you've got. So any other income could be earned income, could be interest income. In this case, it's a short-term capital gains, but it will wipe out that $1,000 gain. And gosh, it was from 2008, and he or she's still writing off the losses. Mm -hmm. It must have been a big loss. (laughs) Um, My my sympathies for the big loss, but God bless. 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We talk to Al. Al, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure. Big fan. Listen every week. Uh, yeah, I will follow up about the the fellow with the safe deposit box. The, it, when one passes and they they you know the IRS puts a a thing on it, they got inventory and whatnot. That that's all true. I experienced that in my life, and now I'm, I don't know what they call the product, but I have a box in my local bank here. When I had the safe deposit box, I had to have a bank employee come in with me and let me in to where the boxes were to get access. But now I have a box that I can just walk into the bank, into this this room, and open it with my key, and no bank employee is with me, and they don't call it a safe deposit box. And you have that tool, and that my wife and I can both have it even if the other one dies. I don't know if that makes sense, but I... Just wanted to get that information out there. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, what you're referencing is a relatively new development in some banks. Of course, many banks are going away from branches completely. But safety deposit boxes are, are a kind of a remnant of a time where every bank had a vault and the safety deposit box was in the vault and you could put in diamonds and you could put in Rolex watches because they were locked up at night. What you're describing is a relatively uh, low security item. It's much more secure than perhaps most homes because of their security systems, et cetera. But you've got easy access. You've got some security. It's offsite. So it's not in your home. So if you have documents that if you should lose your home to fire, et cetera, that you would be very, uh, uh, that, that would really be damaging to you, you can certainly take advantage of all of that. Sounds like a, a perfectly reasonable thing. And that would not be sealed at the passing of one of the owners. Perfect. That's what I was trying to express. You helped me get it out. Just Perfect. wanted to share it out with our listening family. Thank you. Have a great day. It's a great show. Thanks, Al. God bless. Oh, wonderful people. Nice. Very nice. They were so nice. Um, 
Six one zero. John's multitasking. Uh, as we all are. We have are. a busy, busy phone day today, so keeping well, him on his toes. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We go right back to the phones mm-hmm. and we talk to Chris. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Uh, quick question. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. Yeah, my son's in college. He's nineteen. He had an income of about nine thousand uh, dollars last year. I had a question about where's the best place to start a, 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 a retirement fund or a uh, IRA. Ah, very good. Uh, in my opinion, especially for a young person, a Roth IRA established with either an investment house, uh, a Morgan Stanley, a Charles Schwab, or with an investment advisor, that would be my first choice, of course. And uh, in our More Than Money World Headquarters, we counsel lots of young people, not just uh, as young as 19, I think 14. I know. We Didn't you talk to one of our grand uh, granddaughter, or was she... I have a 17-year-old 17-year-old. I know that we, we've counseled uh, young people in their early teens. So, uh, stock market, without a doubt, I would start with a Roth IRA investment in either an exchange-traded fund or a stock mutual fund. I would be as aggressive as this young person could be comfortable with uh, because uh, the ups and downs of the market are really going to be to his benefit rather than detriment. But that would be a good place to start. And if you're concerned, just shoot Alyssa an email, alyssa at askmtm.com. And uh, we'll be glad to help because we like getting young people started on the right foot. Absolutely. That's a hard break. That's the voice of an angel saying we've got to go. Chris, thank you so much for the call and so much for the question and for thinking about your son's future. That's fantastic. Uh, When we return, 610-720-7900. Alyssa and askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. Your questions after this on More Than Money. Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson. You've got Alyssa Young. We're both here to assist you. Alyssa, 30 seconds or less, invest in you. On February 10th at 6 o'clock, join us for Chocolate Wine and Valentine's. Women in the Lehigh Valley are invited to come and enjoy five pairings of wine and chocolate treats. And we'll make Valentine's for the residents at Graysdale. So just a fun 90 minutes together uh, if you want to come, RSVP on our website, morethemoneyonline.com. You'll see the link at the top. Um, you can sign up, and all the details are there. Fantastic. Wine, chocolate, and pears. <laughs> nice. I like pears, but we're not oh, serving them. Oh, I do, them. too. I do, too. Um, 610-720-7900. We go to the phones. We talk to Patricia. Patricia, good morning. Good morning. I have a question regarding the safety deposit box that sure. um, addressed before. Mike, I was under the assumption that if your uh, box is in a husband and wife names, that it doesn't have to be locked, and it, it doesn't matter. But from what someone said before, it seems like even if it's husband and wife, it still has to be locked and probably inventoried by someone. Is that correct? That, that is my understanding, yes. 
Uh, and the reason that is my understanding is because even though husbands and wives have uh, lots of lots more flexibility, lots more protection, spouses have lots more protection from estate taxes, et cetera. Um, the IRS is interested in those kinds of things that they, they don't happen often, perhaps, but that are extraordinary, where there are millions and millions of dollars of value involved or perhaps even something illicit, something illegal. So it's my understanding, yes. Now, I am happy to learn, and, and we have a very active audience out there that will uh, reassure, reassuringly disagree with me and correct me if I find out that uh, joint-owned boxes, uh, the, the actual question about the joint-owned box was not husband and wife, but if husband and wives have a, uh, an exception, I'd be happy to learn that, but I don't believe that's the case. Okay. I was under that assumption that if it was husband and wife, you're okay. But any other combination, you know, they had an inventory. I, okay. I, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. God okay. bless. God bless you. Thank you. Bye. 610-720-7900. Yes. I just got uh, a piece of news via a LinkedIn notification. Yes. Today is Zane Belsack's birthday. <gasps> And Zane is a loyal listener, one of our youngest loyal listeners. And, and a new financial correspondent. That's right. He called last week, and he is the son of one of our financial advisors, Mark Belsack. Um, he was job shadowing in our office at the beginning of the month, and uh, I just saw that it's his birthday, so I wanted to make sure that we wish him a happy birthday because I know he will either be listening now or he'll hear that message on the podcast version next week. I think that's how he usually listens. He catches up with us on the podcast. So happy birthday, Zane. Happy that's, birthday. Yes, I, I wanted to make sure we got that in. Fine young man. Fine yes. young man. Um, yeah, we really enjoyed having Zane in the office on a couple levels. Uh, he's a fine young man. He's, 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 he's a pleasure to spend time with. Very um, bright, very um, uh, interested, very, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's on track uh, to follow in his father's footsteps. Um, so, so that, that's, that's great fun, of course, for us to see, but his, um, willingness to be actively involved, uh, there's lots of kids, 18, 19 years old someday, you know, I'm going to be, no, he wants, um, information now questions now. Hey, can I call in? That's great. Hey, mm-hmm. I have a question. He's uh, 19 or did he turn 20 today? Oh, you know, you don't know. I'm not sure. I, so, I'm guessing that he's 20. He's a junior, right? Going, going, rising junior. I think, mm. I think junior, 19. I think he's sophomore now. Yeah, I think maybe um, he is 20. I don't so know, bottom sure. line is uh, he, he is, uh, um, he's our, Finger on the pulse of the young people. So like the gentleman asked about his 19-year-old son in college and, and how to start a Roth IRA. That's, that's our man. King Ass, thank you for doing yeah. that. That's fantastic. Uh, 610-720-7900, Gene at AskMTM.com. Coming from the website, uh, regarding the gentleman's comment about not receiving his 600 bucks from Biden, I checked my records and found I got 600 bucks on January of 2021. So got it from the previous administration. Uh, It would shock me that Joe Biden would be taking credit for something that (laughs) Donald Trump, that would be shocking. Just absolutely shocking. Uh, 610-720-7900. 
900. Let me see what this one is. My apologies. Uh, the question from the website, did Biden make any changes to the ability to do Roth conversions from tr traditional IRAs? Uh, wondering about any changes to required minimum distributions. Um, no, there are no cha no current changes to the ability to convert from an IRA to a Roth. That still stays intact. And the changes to required minimum distributions actually happened under President Trump. And that pushed back the age at which you must begin taking RMDs to 72. Yep. So that answered that. 610-720-7900. Uh, a young lady notes, uh, my mom had complete access to her safety deposit box after my dad died without it ever being sealed. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Um, and, and I guess it, it also might be a function of whether the bank is aware if somebody has passed away. Mm, true. Um, obituaries being what they are and people being far flung what they are. I don't know that there's a, well, and, and I don't know that there isn't a system that banks use to determine whether any of their clients have passed away. Sadly, we lost a client this past week. A young lady early in her life, a physician, a very caring person. Um, goodness. Um, Ruth and Frank, uh, wonderful people, and an and a and a good match. They were a good match. Um, her, um, she she was just as as steady as a person could be, and as a doctor, that's exactly what you want: calm, assured, uh, would ask very appropriate questions, and and yet things that would cause some folks to get their knickers in a twist. It didn't. And, and I'm sure that as in her life as a doctor caring for her patients, she saw all kinds of things that caused panic on the part of her patients that she had to reassure. And uh, she carried that over into her own life and um, tragically lost at a very young age. Our heart, our thoughts, our prayers, of course, uh, go out to uh, Frank and his daughter and uh, her entire family. Um, tough. Very, yeah. very, very tough. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We go back to the phones. We talk to John. John, good morning. Hey, Gene. How are you? Good, sir. How are you? Lousy. I'm recovering from uh, spike-induced pneumonia. Oh, that stinks. Hopefully, yeah. you're recovering I well. I was going to die. I'm sorry. I thought I was going to die. Well, I'm glad you didn't, sir, and, and I'm glad you're on the line with us. How, how can we help now? Well, uh, back years ago, I had an attorney uh, that did what he called an asset swap. Are you aware of that? Uh, they, Actually, they... Uh, what he was doing was avoiding uh, tax uh, by switching one asset for another. In, in the IRS code, it's referred to as a tax-free exchange. Okay. Uh, it's often done with real estate, but it can be done with other assets as well. Yes. And so what is the protocol? Oh, 
interesting question and one as simple as it sounds, it isn't. Uh, a good, a well-done tax-free exchange requires a trusted, experienced attorney who's very well-versed uh, in these, uh, in the protocol. That's a very good word. The, the protocols of getting out of one property into another, out of one asset into another without violating the rules is very challenging and not for the faint of heart and not for an amateur. So protocols, if you're, if you're looking at an asset exchange, uh, make sure that you're dealing with an attorney that absolutely has convinced you, has uh, the experience and, and the knowledge to, uh, to put the protocols into effect, or the IRS will come back and bite us in the butt. Yeah, I, uh, I don't need their um, teeth in my butt. <laughs> well said, sir. Well said. John, thank you so much. Gene, thank you kindly. Oh, my pleasure. God bless you, sir. Yep. Thank you. 610-720-7900. Back to the phones we talked to Bob. Bob, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a question. I have some money sitting on the sideline, like I'm sure a lot of other people do, too. And I need, I want to make it work for me more effectively. And I've been told by a lot of people that I should go through a fiduciary versus whatever else. And I'd like to know what the difference is. Ah, very good. Um, financial advisors come in a number of flavors. And one of the determining factors uh, between at least two of those flavors is how they get paid. Um, fiduciary advisors are paid fundamentally um, the exact same compensation independent of what types of investments they might be recommending to a particular client. So if the question of real estate comes up and they say that's a good idea or a bad idea, stocks, good idea, bad idea, uh, CDs, good or bad, uh, the how they are being paid uh, does not influence, uh, does not have a... Uh, a, um, a factor in their advice. Salespeople, on the other hand, non-fiduciaries, ones who are not required to put their client's best interest at heart, uh, uh, can sell you whatever they think is reasonably appropriate for you. Uh, the rules are very vague. Eh, vague's not the right word. They're a bit looser. So a fiduciary is legally... Um, your agent legally uh, required to act in your best interest, independent of what's best for the advisor. And the folks who are compensated by commissions can operate basically um, in some cases in areas that are not in your best interest, but it's better for them. Okay. Thank you very much. Very good. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the call. God bless. Um, I, I, I felt like there was more there. <laughs> did, did, did I, I, I kind of felt like I left, I was, maybe I didn't do as good a job as I should have. Um, I think you did fine, but there's obviously a lot more that you could, you know, could say. Like? Just a matter of. Go ahead. Well, just, uh, you know, more about how, um, like in our role as a fiduciary and the way that we work um you know doing what's in your best interest is is our legal responsibility and that means besides um the fact that 
how we get paid isn't influenced by um, what we're what we're recommending for you. We also have a whole universe of things available to us. I mean, it's just you you did cover it. It's just about how you know how much detail you could get into. Maybe that's why you feel like you you didn't mm-hmm. get it all because there's you could go on and on. Yeah, sadly, um, the world of and you're freezing now, aren't you? I am. I'm freezing. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> I might put my coat on. I was going to say, I, there's lots of coats over there. Yep. Just, um, in the world of um, radio financial shows, mm-hmm. they are dominated by non-fiduciaries. Mm-hmm. They are dominated by salesmen. And if you are a loyal listener to WAEB on the weekends, you will hear shows that are being produced, paid for, not no one's fessing up and saying, Hey, I should in the interest of full disclosure, because they don't have to be in the interest of full disclosure in the interest of full disclosure. This show is being paid for by XYZ annuity company, XYZ insurance company, XYZ, whatever company there are real estate shows that are being paid for by real estate promoters. And so what do you think the answer is going to be? To, to basically every question. Yeah, they'll recommend their product. Their product and, and whatever can pay them a pretty substantial commission. Right. Um, on our show now, 30 plus years and uh, nearly 30 on WAEB and 30 plus years on air, um, we have worked very, very hard to avoid that very scenario. Um, we have had... I, I've lost track of how many hundreds of thousands of dollars I have turned down from sponsors. And I, I'm, I'm, my hands are in my pocket, so I'm not actually doing air quotes. But, but that's the, their, their sponsorship came at the, with the understanding we will give you tons of money so that you will, uh, we, will, we will be your advertisers as long as you understand, of course, that when your clients show up, that you will invest with us. Mm-hmm. And we have turned down, <sighs> there are days, hmm, you know, I look back and I go, oh, that's a lot of money. Eh, it wasn't enough. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to say, apparently it hasn't hurt us. No. Yeah, we're doing just fine. Just saying. Just <laughs> saying. Um, but it's tough. Uh, gentleman writes, uh, don't recall you talking about um, I-bonds. Uh, we have talked about I-bonds. Um, I-bonds for many people are an interesting um, uh, small piece or, or for some people, I guess, a big piece of uh, their uh, current investment opportunities. Recently, uh, six-month I-bonds were issued at 7% plus uh, interest rates because inflation was at a Record high, record 40 years, higher than since before Alyssa was born. And uh, that interest rate is guaranteed for six months. The I-bonds have to be held for a year before you can cash them in without penalty. But the interest rate is only locked in for six months. And then it's reset. And the reset uh, is going to be based on the inflation rate at the time of the reset. Most... um, uh, economists believe 
um, that six months in, I think the uh, 7% was issued in the November timeframe, December timeframe. So mid-year this year when it resets, they are expecting it to be perhaps half of that. Mm. So let's assume just for the sake of argument um, that you uh, you got in on this deal you got 7% for six months, and then instead of half, you get zero. You have nothing. Well, you still got 3.5% for a year. And you probably had the money in the bank making 0.0 squared. Right. You're making nothing. Um, limitations, uh, it's my understanding, $10,000 per taxpayer per year. So it's is it is it a grand opportunity for lots and lots of folks? No. Is it a nice opportunity for some folks? Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be 7% until now to the end of time? I guarantee you, guarantee you. And we can't guarantee much. No, <laughs> but I guarantee you it won't. <laughs> 610-720-7900. We might have set a, well, certainly a 2022 record. Yes, for a number of phone calls in one show. There's quite a stack of... Uh, Actually, we're one short. Who wants to be the record breaker? Ooh, that's a good tactic. I know. I made that up. It's... It's not really true. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. Morethanmoneyonline.com. One of our most loyal uh, listeners, who is also a CPA, uh, shared with uh, me earlier this comment. Your comment about Keith Stroll knowing where to find the answers to trust questions uh, reminded me of when I took my first tax class as a Penn State undergrad a lifetime ago. Yeah, it might have been a lifetime. It wasn't 780 years, though. What was it? That's <laughs> ah, a lifetime. Yeah, when I first went, eh, quill pens and parchment paper. Actually, I'm kidding. Yeah, we used rocks and chisels. Um, before the first exam, the instructor said, you'll notice my exams are very different. My, techs, uh, my tests are open book. You may also bring in your textbook, handwritten notes, any reference materials that you like. Fascinating. The reason for this is that when you're in practice and a client comes to you with a complex question, you will rarely be required, rarely as in never, be required to give an answer off the top of your head. That's absolutely a fact. This is the real world. My exams are geared to you knowing how to look up answers, but you'd better be able to do it efficiently if you want to answer all the questions on the exam. Those are very wise words that I use to this day. Your clients will respect you much more if they know you give a well-thought-out answer rather than shooting from the hip. Mm-hmm. I got shot in the hip once. Totally different. Totally different issue. Jim, you are absolutely correct. Yes. Um, which makes the whole, for those of you who have never gone through it, Alyssa has gone through it, um, securities examinations, <laughs> all the more um, befuddling. Yeah. 80% of which you'll never use again. Um, And the stuff that you will use, you can look up anytime you want. That's right. But on the exam, you're not allowed to look up anything. Right. You can't even bring a glass of water into the exam with you. (laughs) Because you might have the answers in in liquid form. That's right. (laughs) And and you can't wear jewelry except for your wedding ring because you might have the answers somehow... Uh, coded into your earrings or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of information. I I en- enjoy the ability to research things that people ask and make sure I have all the all the details straight. And 
uh, it's good to be able to you know consult people, consult resources, and and get a good solid answer. No. Why would you do all that? Because I don't want to be uh, misleading people. <laughs> because you want to give your clients the best we have to give That's them. That's right. Yeah. As opposed to yeah, here's an idea for you. Yeah. 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 What do you think about this one? No. Uh, no, thank you. Mm-mm. How about being thorough? How about being? Uh, how about paying attention to detail? Uh, how about this is not just people's money; it's their lives That's right. yeah. and their ability to sleep at night. Right. So, uh, Jim makes an excellent point. We appreciate that very, very much. Uh, and yes, the fact that Jim's point um, coincides precisely with how we operate obviously (laughs) makes him right (laughs) uh goodness the question on email said i know i knew about uh real estate tax-free exchanges and even asked vanguard if they could change my mutual funds into etfs or something tax-free the answer said no uh do you have any ideas i'm tired of paying income on capital gains distributions the accounts are meant to be inherited. Oh, um, <sighs> all right. It, it, it depends. It depends. So you already know that you can't simply say to Vanguard, I have $300,000 in my Vanguard dividend appreciation fund. I want you to swap that over tax-free to their Vanguard. Oh, I forget what their, it's VIG, Vanguard. I think dividend oh, growth fund. Yeah. So they have a, a mutual fund yeah. and an ETF. They said, no, they can't do that. I, I, I let's believe that they are true. So your question to me would be, or my question to you would be, um, when do you plan on graduating to the next dimension? Yeah. What, what do you think? You, know, you got an inside track on what God's plan is. Cause if it's going to be relatively soon, don't do anything. Don't do anything because at your at your passing, you're going to get the the family's going to get a stepped up basis. So from a taxation standpoint, you don't want to do anything. If on the other hand, you're a young person like me, and you're saying I got thirty, forty years to go, bite the bullet, sell them, move into the ETF platform, or move into a tax deferred. Uh, growth annu- variable annuity platform where all of those gains will be deferred in the future or or move to a stock individual stock platform where you can just accumulate shares you don't ever have to sell them you don't ever have to declare the capital gains use growth stocks that have very little in the way of dividends and all of a sudden you're you're going to basically cut your your tax exposure down to near zero so there's lots of ways once you've bitten the bullet, paying the tax to get from where you are to someplace new, there's lots of ways then to manage your uh, tax liabilities going forward. But, but it depends. And you got to really sit with a financial advisor. Ah, what a roller coaster ride today. How much fun was that? It went really quickly. It was yeah. busy. That you was almost busy forgot show. that you were cold. Almost. If you would like more information about anything you've heard on today's show or something completely different or simply would like to access a free second opinion meeting with one of our advisors, all you have to do is ask. 
Send Alyssa an email, A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. Send me an email, gene at askmtm.com. Go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com, morethanmoneyonline.com, or give us a call, 610-746-7007, 610-746-7007. Folks, thanks very much for being such an important part of the show this week. We'll see you next week on More Than Money. <laughs>